0: This is Wayla Shambo for WHRO-FM. Bass baritone Ryan Speedo Green grew up in Virginia and attended the Governor's School for the Arts right here in Norfolk. His incredible journey has taken him from a troubled childhood to the stages of great opera houses around the world. And this weekend, he's coming back to perform for the Virginia Arts Festival. I had the pleasure of catching up with him recently from his home in Vienna. How does it feel to be coming back and performing here in Norfolk, in Hampton Roads?
1: It's, pre- it's pretty surreal. You know, I, I am a, a Virginia native. Um, I wasn't born in Virginia, but I grew up most of my life in Virginia. And the biggest changes in my life, the people who I met who affected my life the most outside of my, my mother were my teachers and educators that I that I met in Virginia as you know if you know my story mm-hmm. um, from my from my special ed teacher in fourth and fifth grade to uh, Robert Brown and um, Miss, uh, mr. Hughes who who is the principal of government School for the Arts and Robert Brown who is my core teacher and Alan Fisher who is the head of the voice program at Government School for the Arts those three individuals were extremely important in my discovery of, first of all of my of the love for opera the love I have for opera as well as discovering my voice and where I fit in in the operatic world.
0: Yeah do you have a memory of any sort of particular moment where you felt like this is the thing that I really want to do?
1: Well I, I mean I have, a, I have a I have a moment I talk about with anyone who asks me like why why opera what made you love opera? As an African-American kid from you know a trailer park in Windsor, Virginia. I really, really didn't think opera was something that I could be a part of, or even classical music was something I could be a part of. And you know, I thought, I had a preconception at a young age that opera was something only white people could do, that it was an elitist art form, which it, it definitely is an art form that takes a lot of education, which is very, very true. It's not a field in which you can fake your way to you make it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. And, um, but as a young adult, uh, I mean, sorry, a young teenager, I didn't think that it was something even I could pursue. It wasn't something that, that people of color could do um, or even were accepted in. And when I got into Governor's School for the Arts, I still felt that way. And in my second year of Governor's School for the Arts uh, in Norfolk, Virginia, we took a trip to see an opera at the Metropolitan Opera in New York City. And um, when I got to the Metropolitan Opera, and, and, the, and the huge fountain in the center, and then walking into the Met, you know, you see this sort of coliseum-like structure, and you walk in, and everything is like, t- you know, Tiffany's glass, red velvet carpets. It's, it really feels like you're in a castle, if not like, you know, the Disney world of, of opera. And for me, that wasn't the thing that really changed my perception of opera. What, what, what made opera tangible, what made opera real for me was the fact that the first opera that I ever saw on stage, which was Carmen, which is a great opera, by the way, for all beginners out there, what made it tangible for me, made it real for me, was the fact that the title role, the main role, main character, Carmen, was portrayed by an African-American woman by the name of Denise Graves, a Mr. Soprano from actually out near D.C. And I got to meet her afterwards. And mm-hmm. I think after I left there, having been lifted out of my body. And then to have the person who lifted me out of my body talk to me and treat me like a real person and and, and that she actually cared to be there, it made opera ever more real and important to me in my life. And I told my course teacher, Robert Brown that night, I want to sing at the Metropolitan Opera. Not I want to sing opera, Mm. I want to sing at the Metropolitan Opera. (laughs) And he looked at me and instead of telling me no, you know, or this is impossible or, you know, maybe you should aim a little lower, you know, he instead gave me a ridiculously long list, a list that is actually probably the longest I've ever gotten in my life to this day of all the things I needed to accomplish just to even sing an audition for the Met. Mm-hmm. And uh, But what he didn't do, which many people have done to people like me and people who look like me our whole lives, is tell us what we can't do. He gave me a way to get there. And I did. Nine years later, after, after completing everything that he gave me on that list, I, I sing at the Met.
0: Yeah. What a great teacher it sounds like.
1: An amazing human being. He, was, he actually never got to see me sing at the Met. He passed away a year and a half before I sing at the Met. Mm. But he, he was there to see me graduate high school. He, sent me to my, he literally sent me to my first college. <laughs> uh, he was there to see me my first opera in college. He was there to see me graduate my undergrad. He saw me go to grad school. And even months before his his last breath, he still believed that I was going to achieve my dream.
0: What kind of work needs to be done in the classical music world in order to make it more accessible to more people so that more kids can have that moment of saying, hey, this is something I can see myself doing?
1: Diversity and inclusion. You know, opera would not be what it is for me today if I didn't see someone who looked like me on stage. And the beauty, what really is America, is someone like me. The fact that someone that that comes from where I came from that looks the way I look can be a part of an art form that in Europe didn't include people of color. America is amazing and important because of its diversity and its inclusion. And the moment that, that everybody realizes that and puts their money where their mouth is, when it comes to diversity and inclusion is the moment that we really truly realize the American dream. Music will always be there. No matter how rich or poor you are, no matter how black or white you are, you will always have music. And we, as Americans, could be doing so much more for the music world, especially the classical music world, if we made the arts accessible, especially, you know, as I mentioned before, classical music is one of the few art forms in the world that you can't fake it And make it through it needs education it needs support monetarily for instance government school for the arts is supported my tuition at government school for the arts when i went there was paid for by the city by the state and because of that i was able to get free education that otherwise would have cost me tens of thousands of dollars a year and if you can understand i'm singing at the biggest opera houses and classical music venues in the world as a 35 year old and that's only because of the high school education that spurred that love for the arts. And we need to have platforms and access in, in these sort of inner city poor neighborhoods that, that we don't have. And, and, and I think, you know, you, there, there are many more Ryan Speedo Greens and Frederick Valentines, Will Livermans, Danielle Walkers. You know, there are so many more of those uh, <laughs> um, out there that came from Grum School for the Arts. That literally, if they had the ability to actually be a part of something like that, that they would, and they would excel at it.
0: Looking at your program for your upcoming concert here with Virginia Arts Festival, looks like a really Mm -hmm. fun kind of... Opera's greatest hits, sort of program. Is there anything on there that's a special favorite of yours that you're looking forward to singing?
1: I think for me, that obviously being able to, to sing with a, a bunch of the young artists is, is really awesome. Like, not many opportunities does one get to come back home and perform pieces from every part of their career. Mm-hmm. There are pieces in the show that, that represent my past, my present, and my future. And I'll, you know, with my past, there's a piece in there from the opera by Mozart called The Marriage of Figaro, or Le Nozze de Figaro. And it's the title character of Figaro's final aria. And the irony of this is the first lead role that I ever got in my life was at Governor's School for the Arts um, when I was a junior in high school. And it was singing Figaro in the Nozze de Figaro, or The Marriage of Figaro in English. And now I'm coming back singing singing the, the same aria that I sang at Governor's School for the Arts, but uh, with with the Virginia Symphony and the, and the arts festival, but this time I'm singing it in the original language. When I first did, I sang it in English, mm-hmm. but now I'm doing it in the original language. And and also, in this concert, I'm singing um, both the the aria that won me the Met competition, which changed my professional operatic career. Um, at least got me to the Met. Uh, La Calunia from the opera the Barbaro Seville by Rossini, and then I'm also singing uh, the aria that sort of um, catapulted me into my sort of opera stardom, I guess we would call it. Um, the, uh, I sing in the opera uh, La Boheme at the Met. Um, I sing the role of Coline, and there's he has an aria at the end of the opera called uh, um where he sings to his coat. And I am singing this aria as well in this uh, concert. And then I have a couple arias that I have, I have not sung the, the roles yet, but I will be singing them in the future. So these are roles that people who are coming to see the show will get a taste of coming there for my future of what i'm going to be doing in the future so it's kind of cool my past present and my future is represented in this concert
0: Mm, nice it seems like this is a program that would also be really enjoyable for a listener even if they're not that familiar with opera already
1: i really think so i mean there's when you talk about the greatest hits even if you're not an opera fan, you will come to this concert, and even the first overture you're going to hear. I won't even tell you who it's by, but you will hear that overture and you will know you will hear tunes in it that you you've known your whole life. Mm-hmm. And of course, some of the pieces I'm singing are maybe brand new to a lot of people's ears. But I'm telling you, there are beautiful pieces that you will leave humming a tune from them.
0: That was bass baritone Ryan Speedo Green, and he'll be performing this Saturday evening at 7.30 at Norfolk's Chrysler Hall with members of Virginia Opera's Emerging Artists Program and the Virginia Symphony, conducted by Adam Turner. Tickets and details are at vafest.org. For WHRO-FM, I'm Wayla Shambo.